Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Osmond gets it into Allen. Now it's Okoro. Okoro's guard a five Booker. Uses an Allen screen. Okoro to the basket, puts it up and in. And Isaac Okoro has a chance for the three-point play. Broadcasting live from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on the sunny shores of beautiful Lake Erie. Okoro busca la penetración, se va a ir hasta adentro y la paga y vale la canasta con falta. Rafa, J Mike, and Joe G. Yeah, hey, everybody. Yeah, hey. Yeah, hey. And welcome to episode 14 of Wine and Gold Radio. Wine and Gold Radio. I can't believe we made it to episode 14. I can't either. Well, I can't believe we made double digits, but I'm yeah. kind of happy. I am joined by Rafa Hernandez Brito and Juan Miguel. And we're kind of celebrating, you know, and I hope my pronunciations were correct because we kind of had a big Latino week. As long as you don't get the pronunciation guy from the NBA, you're fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is he bad? Yes. Is he bad? Yes. You know, because we had, we had Noche Latina yes, this week. Correct. We had Cinco de Mayo this week. Mm-hmm. And we signed Anderson Verjao this week. So and, it was a big week for and And the Monsters had grow the game night a few days back. Right. And, and you got we, the game winning call. So yeah. we there's a lot to discuss just about that. Um, a big week for like is it is it the proper thing to say the Latino community? I'm very confused well, as what to say. Yeah, well, the Latino community don't don't buy into that Latinx okay. crap because it, that's the way the language is. There are some words that are unisex, mm-hmm. so Latino does not mean that you're only referring to the men. Okay, it's just the comunidad Latina. Like in Spanish, it would be Latin comunidad Latina because comunidad is like. like Female, word, okay. I guess, but in English, the Latino community is fine. It, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it, but it's a big week for us to celebrate it here at the Cavaliers. You know, Noches NBA was in March, which is the month that the league 
separate to celebrate the the the, the, the Hispanic fans and in, in in the NBA. But for us, was yes, and then Cinco de Mayo is really an American holiday celebrating mm. the French failing again at war <laughs> this time in Puebla. So you know, it it just it's really not a holiday in Mexico. It has become a beer holiday here. Yeah, but it's still fine. To, we we all love it. We all celebrate it. We, you know, I'm so glad I met you because, and and we got to let John Michael in here in a minute here. Uh, I'm so glad I met you because I've learned so. I like listening to you guys. I've learned so much about the Latin community, and and you know what? And I've learned how ignorant I was and am still about the Latin community. And that again, you you talk about how they're pr- painted with a broad brush, and yet how many? It's very complex. It's very complex, yeah. and. Yeah. For for the longest time, probably until I met you, I kind of looked at it in a very uncomplex way. And one of the things that I have common with John and with you as well is that you know one of the problems that the, the the Latino community or the Hispanic community has here in the U.S. is that we are looked at as one, right? Right. When right. You talk about Latinos, you don't separate from where you're from or whatever. You and I was separate. guilty of that. No, but everybody does that. Okay. And when they talk about the community, that's what it is. But even amongst ourselves, we separate ourselves from the Puerto Ricans don't have the problems that all the other Latino immigrants have because they are U.S. citizens. Mm. So that's a mm. big difference when you take immigration out of the, out of the, out of the puzzle. Right. You know, Cubans have the, 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 the law that gives them, the, gives them uh, legal rights here after a year of coming for, for the, to the U.S. because of the embargo, because of all the things that went on there. So even amongst ourselves, we're so different. Even I learn every day from from different from mm-hmm. other countries' cultures and 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 what is good and what is not. So it, it don't feel ignorant because we we st- we are ignorant amongst ourselves about everybody else. Okay, it's just but it's really it's it's great for me for everybody, but for me to learn and just this whole week I, I learned a lot this week. I, I, every time I'm around you, I learn. Uh, and again, you had a big week, not just from this, but you, <laughs> you got the hockey call, the overtime <laughs> hockey call. Un minuto le resta y casi todo ha sido pasado aquí. Y ahora uno contra uno, Angoli Puri, Angol para Puri, de regreso para Puri. Mike, things like this happen to Rafa, don't they? They just I, happen to Rafa. I just told him on Cavs HQ, that, I mean, American <laughs> Hockey League broadcaster can go 15, 20 games. I mean, that's six, seven weeks without getting an <laughs> overtime game or an overtime winner. This guy this guy pulls up the car, parks it, calls an overtime winner, has a GoPro on him. I mean, gets to celebrate and everybody gets to see him. No, I thought it was phenomenal. I, I thought the whole idea was phenomenal. I, you know, I hate pumping your tires, but I don't think they could have picked a better representative. And I think that the game for somebody who doesn't even speak Spanish sounded fantastic. <laughs> the only thing I regret about it is that they did not have the only hockey portion of the broadcast that I have experience with, which is fighting. That's the only <laughs> thing that didn't happen. I wish I was calling the the Capitals Rangers game the other night because that was. Were you? Do you? They, I'm not a big hockey fan, but I, I heard they brawled before I'll the let, game. I'll sta- let John tell you what before happened. the game started. Correct. Well, yeah, but there's a background to <laughs> okay, it. Okay. Okay. Which is the beauty about hockey that they they really don't have short memories. <laughs> okay. Right, John. <laughs> well, this season because of the condensed schedule and everything, they've been playing back to backs. Which in hockey is dangerous Bad. because of that very reason, because of carryover. You know, you see that 
bad blood in hockey series once you hit the playoffs, but rarely, you know, do you get back-to-back games against the same team until this season. And the previous game, Tom Wilson of the Capitals <laughs> took a, I mean, made a play that was a, a cheap shot on a, you know, one of the skilled players for the Rangers. And it had nothing to do with the play. It was after the whistle had blown and it drew the ire of not just the Ranger organization, but everybody. The Ranger organization put out a statement that said George Peros, who is the league's representative in charge of discipline, should be fired Mm -hmm. because of his mishandling. You know, Wilson only got a slap on the wrist, and Wilson has a long, long history of of a lot of stuff, of suspensions and everything else. And not surprised, the two teams played two days later, and it was a brawl. I mean, it was just <laughs> the whole game was a brawl, and, and and sadly, the Rangers aren't built for brawls. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a team looking for vengeance that but, just doesn't have the the muscle to do it. The, you know, the, so it turned out that it was. Uh, I mean, and it, it's it a black the, eye on the season for the NHL and what otherwise has been a spectacular NHL season. It was it was ugly to see, and it was it was a. I mean, speaking of, of not handling well, John, I would have, I would have suspended Wilson at least for that next game, just to avoid. That? I would have suspended Wilson at least for that next game, right? To one, second, they didn't fit in the penalty box at one point in the first <laughs> period. <laughs> They're all standing up. It was like trying to jam, trying to jam three, four people in a phone booth. They had about eight people in the penalty box. It was standing room only. That, it was ugly. That, it's, that sounds awesome. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not a big hockey fan. I regret that I didn't play hockey growing up because I think I'd have been good at the goon part. I think I'd be good. <laughs> you, at the, you would have been an enforcer. I would have been. I think I'd have been a good goon, and and I'm and that is the position I'm most fascinated with in hockey. That, uh, like J. Mike just said, I would, would not, like I would never have known. I would never have known that one team is not built for fighting. You say the Rangers are not built for. For scrapping, We're correct? Correct. You said that. Sure. How is correct. one They're team? Are, is, is, okay, you guys are hockey fans. There is a team in the NHL right now that is the toughest team that has the correct. You guys know that. I mean, here, you know what I'm saying. Well, here, There's a team well, yes. that that teams don't want to mess with. Is sure, there? The Rangers are built for skill and speed. Okay. Right. Now, okay. Back in the old days when fighting was more common. Every team would be heavyweight. By the way, Goon is not exactly – it's a bit frowned upon now, Joseph. Okay, sorry. <laughs> every team would have an enforcer slash heavyweight for that very reason because for years hockey has always been self-regulated, right? You go after one of our skill guys, guess who you're going to have to pay to and who you're going to have to talk to the rest of the game. I right? love so that. Did, I mean, how did Wayne Gretzky not get Never. a scratch his whole career? Well – Edmonton had the biggest, toughest hombres in the league. And if you even got near Gretzky, you were going to get hammered the rest of the game. And the hockey self-regulated itself. Not the same way. Washington is full of a bunch of big, strong guys. In this particular case, Joseph, the Rangers don't play it that way. The Rangers are sleek and skilled and fast. And that's how they are built to play. And, and so when this happens, there are teams that are ill-equipped to handle situations like this. And that's precisely what we saw over the last couple of days. Who's the baddest dude in the NHL right now? Oh, I don't know. I See, remember now, type- now hey, Tom Wilson, the yeah. guy who was really he's the, dirty, though. the centerpiece of this all. He's actually he is a contributor on a top two line now in the NHL. So he does more things than just be tough. But he is one of the toughest guys in the league, which makes what he did 
even more frowned upon, you know, in the eyes of the Rangers and the rest of the league and everybody else. But he's been suspended a few times for like dirty, for dirty, dirty hits and everything like that. So. And then, and then you said that uh, that hockey has changed. It used to, you said, use the expression it used to self-regulate. Is fighting frowned upon now, or is it less uh, common? There is, there is much less fighting in the NHL today. There was much a problem <laughs> with some of the some of the, the so-called enforcers were having problems, the concussion problems, and they're having like post-career problems. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that also had something to do with it. Yeah. There was a dude named Ty Dummy. I remember Ty Domi because the round face guy. He was dude, but he was he was the enforcer. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. Hockey hockey people will tell you that the advent of the instigator penalty took that all out because now if you instigate a fight, you get an additional penalty. You also may get yourself kicked out of the game if you instigate a fight. Back in the day, if I went and picked a fight with you and then you fought back, we got the same penalty, right? That the, the advent of the instigator penalty said, well, now some of that self-regulation is going to be out of here because if you go do that, you're going to put your team at a disadvantage. Sometimes they still do because it's worth it, but that is that is a reason why there's a lot less fighting. Today. So next time I do a monster game, which I hope it's going to be a next time, mm-hmm. I hope to call that some that some two dudes drop the gloves. When they when they drop the gloves in hockey, it's on. Okay. The refs don't get involved until they until they hit the ice. I love that. Again, I I, I feel like I miss my calling in, yeah. in sports. I really do. Hey, I tell you what, though, put some skates on and try to fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're talking about an art. That is not an easy. Thing. That is not an easy thing to do. And again, to do is our fights common in minor league hockey? More common. More. Yeah. Why? Because it's less common. Less penalty. Well, because guys are trying to prove themselves and show that they have what it takes to step in the arena and, and play at the highest level. That's See, all. that's a good sport. And here's my last question because it's a basketball program and we've talked yeah. all hockey. <laughs> my last question is, again, there's there's women's hockey. I mean, yeah. it's, an, it's an Olympic sport. Oh, I don't know if they fight. Do I they fight? I don't know. No, right? No fight? Not really. Okay. No. Okay. They have dust-ups, they, I mean, they dust but they don't really have But in college, they don't allow them to fight, Correct. In what in college? college no, because I know in college, college, you fight men college. or women. No, no, no fighting. Men, they don't. They don't allow in them. College, to fight. you're gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's that's very What's interesting. What's going on? Uh, well, <laughs> again, we have a show to do. That's right. Uh, today's guest is going to be Jeff Phelps, the great Jeff Phelps. Sir uh, Jeff. Sir Jeff Phelps. Phelpsy, uh, who once sat in the Rafa, the Rafa Hernandez Brito uh, I seat ask him about that, yeah. on the plane. Yeah, he was. He wasn't a wild man like you, but yeah, he kind of was. He's a kind of wild man. Hey, uh, and I have to ask you one one more thing. As long as we're talking about, and then we'll get to. I want to get to Andy Andy Verge a little yeah. bit. Uh, where did you learn to speak English? I want to learn. I want to start learning a new language this summer. How did you learn? English? Well, I came to the U.S. and I had taken some English classes mm. before, you know, back mm. in El Salvador. My mm. father was one of those. He, he thought it was it was coming that we were going to be leaving the country eventually <laughs> right. because of the war. So we all learned a little English, but I really didn't converse it. And when I came to the U.S. in, in, in Long Island, my Spanish teacher that, no, well, this Spanish teacher in the school, which was a class that I didn't take and was the only person that spoke my language in the whole building, she gave me uh, an English-Spanish dictionary and a subscription to the New York Times. And she told me to read the paper every day and highlight in the, in the, in the newspaper every word that I didn't understand. And, of course, at the beginning, it was like almost every word in the article. Mm. And I watch a lot of general hospitals on days of my life. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe you watch a lot of side <laughs> oh, oh, the dramatic side suddenly yeah. makes all kinds of sense. <laughs> 
That's where he got it. That's where he got it from. But if you oh, it all Luke comes and Laura. Circle now. Okay. I get it. But if you want to learn a language, the the, the the best suggestion I can give you is to go somewhere where you're going to be forced to speak it. Yeah. Uh, sports saved me because I played basketball and, and soccer at the time, so that, that made me converse a mm-hmm. little more than, mm-hmm. than I would have if I didn't. So, When I go to a foreign – when I've traveled, yeah. that's – you're right. When, you, when you're immersed in it every day, yeah. that's the best way to learn, it seems like, because you almost are forced to do it. But you have I, to. Yeah, yeah. but uh, – so, again, I just was kind of curious. And then – Let's go back to Anderson Verjao. So nice to see him uh, Wednesday oh. night uh, getting the game. <laughs> I think he got a longer run than he expected, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny. And he looked good. He was in shape, and yeah. you know he's obviously. But I, I think that second time down the court, you, could, you looked at him and you thought, because he goes there you go, full buddy. tilt. <laughs> What's that? He goes full tilt. He goes full tilt. Time. I think it hit him at that one. There was one moment where he's like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, I'm 38." <laughs> when they called the first time out. I could see here from my from my vantage point that JB looked at him and I kind of asked him like, "Are you okay?" To <laughs> right, <throw> right. <laughs> there was a. I and think once he said yes, yes, once he pushed through that first moment, he was he was okay. But <laughs> those first two times down the court, he looked like, "Whoa, this is uh, this is happening fast." Yeah, with about one fifteen to go, he got knocked down onto his back underneath the basket, <laughs> and there was just that split second of he was flat on his back of a. Oh, does this feel good right now? <laughs> Before he quickly realized and got back up. And, uh, I, mean, I, I cannot. I haven't stopped smiling since he got put into the game, you yep. guys. I mean, I, I what a you guys know. I mean, what a, a good human being, a, a heck of a competitor over all these years, and an even better human. So, man, what just a joy to have him back in the organization and to see him get to step back on the floor once again. Yeah, I mean, again, that that is genuinely, you know, Ralph and I actually talked about before the show about becoming friends with players and how rare it is and how dangerous it can kind of be. But I consider Andy a friend. I mean, I think we all do because being on the road with the guy and just everything, he's a great human. He's a great person. For me, it's been different. I don't know if it has to do with the fact that we're both not American. Mm-hmm. Like, I always have a relationship with the foreigner, with the foreign <laughs> players. <laughs> but, but with Andy, you know, we spent a lot of time in the bus. And obviously, when I, when I came here, he had already written his, his history here. Yeah. But he, when, when, speaking of stereotyping, and this is a good stereotype, but Brazilian people are usually what we call of, of sweet blood that they're the type of humans that come into a room and make everybody smile. What's the expression for that? You taught us that. Sangre dulce. Okay, they're like good. sweet blood. Uh-huh. Like, because it, it is some. that's what Andy does. Andy, there's not one single person that I have ever run into here in Cleveland that has anything bad to say about Anderson Varejao. Yeah. How could you? I mean, again, he's – and again, he, he does it the uh, off and on the court. He does it the right way. I mean, he plays his ass off, and he did last night. He got in. You know, and again, like, like, he got six <laughs> rebounds. Like, you know, uh, the, I've, you've heard it said before that uh, hustle mm-hmm. is kind of can, can be a skill in the NBA. If you can, you know, and, and, and Jim Jones has said this where, you know, you can you can make a career out of just hustling and playing hard and playing your butt off. And he's done that. And uh, I'm with John. I haven't stopped smiling. I'm so happy for him. And the fact that he's happy about it, too. You yeah. know, I yeah. think I think that that just adds a lot to it, John, because he. He is a dude that considered himself a Clevelander, a Cavalier, and the fact that he wanted to come back, I, I, th- I thought it was just awesome. Yeah, and he gets it. I mean, here's a guy who gets it, right? I mean, he he wanted to come back the way he wanted to come back, and I think he actually probably wishes he had a little more time to spend with some of these younger guys in yep. terms of lending his experience and everything else. So uh, he knows we're near the end of the season. He knows what it's all about, but it, it seems like he's doing it on his terms, which makes it even 
it just feels as if it didn't feel good enough. It just feels even better yeah. for the big guy. Yeah, and I and <laughs> to your point about landing on his back, there was a, a a couple of moments where I held my breath, like, please, please let this work out. You know, what I mean, I didn't want him to go out there and it look bad. I wanted him to go out there and look like Andy, and he did. He kind of yeah, did. He looked know? he looked fine. Yeah. I, I tell you what, and running just seeing him run up and down the court with his hair, you know, yeah. the hair. <laughs> it, it brings back instant memories, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, you were, we're five years ago, we're eight years ago, we're ten years ago. Automatically, just seeing two seconds of him. You know, the, one of the things he said when in the in the conference he gave before the before the game was, which was great. He was hoping that the Wigs were going to make an appearance. <laughs> I sent him a picture of a fan I ran into the day the day he didn't dress, and he was so happy to see it. Yeah. And then Larry came into the court, he went to the court <laughs> last night great. wearing wearing the wild great. thing wig. That was great. It really, it was. Uh, you know, I mean, again, a rough game. Uh, there's been some rough ones over the and I have last couple weeks. But... I have requested the team shop to bring back the wild thing wig and then the the mod squad pro. That'd be good. I want to. I forget what it was called, but have you guys ever seen that long, that long uh, burgundy robe that Andy yeah. wore? <laughs> bring that thing back. Thing? Whatever, yeah, whatever that thing is called. I forget what it was called, but bring that thing back. Is that, I'm, I'm gonna give I, a prize to a fan that comes to the game wearing that thing. Oh, if so, it, look, if somebody, game. yes, if somebody comes to the next home game wearing that thing, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go shake his hand. Yeah. I'll buy him food and drink. The whole yep, night. agreed. I'll buy him a pizza. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> Hey, speaking of sweet blood, if there's somebody with some sweet blood that uh, really brightens up a room, it's our next guest, All Jeff, right. Jeff Phelps, Phelpsy. He's going to join us after this break, talk a little calves, talk a little memories of being on the road, and I'm sure he'll have something to say about Andy as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back on Wine and Gold Radio with our special guest, Jeff Phelps. Wine and Gold Radio. Hi, I'm Angel Gray with Fox Sports Ohio. I am the sideline reporter for the Cavs, and on my free time, I make sure that I don't listen to... What is this podcast again? Bonnie Radio. Bonnie Gold Radio? Let me do it again. Hi, my name is Angel Gray with Fox Sports Ohio, the sideline reporter for the Cavs, and I make sure to never listen to the Wine and Gold Radio. Ever. Like, Ever. <laughs> There's more of this. Uh, only a couple guys threw their hands up. And uh, one I pushed down. <laughs> and the other one I just picked him up and slammed him down. <laughs> After this on Wine and Gold Radio. The Calf City Collection is now available online at calf.com slash shop. Rep the land with jerseys, hats, tees, and more inspired by the Calf City Edition uniforms. Love running the lane. Left side dance. Pow! With two hands. The Cavaliers, in a partnership with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduced the team City Edition uniform, featuring a design and style that reflects the grit, attitude, and spirit of Cleveland's rock and roll roots. See the whole collection at Cavs.com slash shop. And that's his shot, John. We ran a lot of that for him last year, Tim. John, Tim, John's your middle name, right? <laughs> Not that either. Out front, three ball, no good by Wanamaker. Here come the Cavaliers. Don't worry, Campy, we'll be fine. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim Elcourt. I listen to a lot of different things, but I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. Now, back to Wine and Gold Radio. Oh, mercy. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Wine and Gold Radio, episode 14. I'm joined by, of course, Rafa Hernandez-Brito, uh, Juan Miguel, and this week's special guest, 
Jeff Phelps. Phelpsy, the great <laughs> Phelpsy, co-host of Valley Sir Sports. Jeff. Sir Jeff Phelps, exactly. Jeff, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Special guest, so everybody else unavailable. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Phelpsy's coming right off the air, right off the air, and right onto our show. And by so, the way, so he's still all lathered up from uh, dealing with Andy. I know we want to. <laughs> I know we want to go radio. We're like we're a local product, mm-hmm. and we're talking to a, a local product. Amen. Right? Yeah. Kent yep. State alum. Yep. Gold, also, he's a Golden Flash. Ohio, right? I grew up near Blossom Music Center. Ooh. And other than five nice. years of paying some dues in Beaumont, Texas, I've been here ever since. Awesome. You love Beaumont, Texas. I remember you spoke glowingly of Beaumont, Texas. Uh, every, five years and 21 days worth of love. Isn't that uh, Phil Bressy country? Uh, it was fun. I had a good time and I couldn't wait to get out. It was one of those things, you know, yeah. like, is this all this career is going to be? Because if so, I, I screwed up, yeah. but luckily I was able to move to Cleveland. Phelpsy, thank God you're on because we talked nothing but hockey in the whole first segment. And I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to hockey. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to write the ship and talk a little hoops before we get into everything else. Let's do a little Cavs State of the Union. Again, the, the, a rough homestand uh, with some silver linings, uh, Isaac Okoro uh, and Anderson Verja. We just talked about him in the previous segment. How nice was it to see him, our old buddy? You know, he, he couldn't be a better guy. And so I, I kind of thought, guys, it, it righted a wrong that was just part of the business. And, and the only reason I say a wrong is because – You know, we love Andy so much and such a a vital part of this organization and beloved member of the organization for so long. The the Cavs might not win the championship if they don't make that trade and bring Mm -hmm. Channing Frye in here. Mm -hmm. Yet it stunk to see Andy sitting on the other bench in the NBA finals. You know, so if there were hard feelings, I think they've been erased. And I I thought it was really good. And, and, And guys... In six minutes in his first game, the guy grabbed six rebounds. If that doesn't make an impression on some of the younger guys, even if, if just one guy takes something from Andy there, it's already worth it. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point to be, Jeff. And I, I think to Andy, too. I mean, he's a smart guy. He recognizes yep. what's going on. He knows that this season's almost over. But in his introductory comments, which I thought were fantastic, by the way. And, oh, by the way, half in English, half in Portuguese. He expressed that, listen, if, if the guys can just take a little bit away from my experience, I've done what I came to do, you know, and, I, and that's that's my goal being here with this team for the final few weeks. And, and I think you're exactly right. I think it's already begun. I thought in his in his comments when he came back, the most important thing he said to me was where he said, don't take any to the younger guys. Don't take anything for granted. You know, again, you, you never get. You rarely, rarely get a second chance in life where, to Jeff's point, you get to right or wrong. Yeah. He, he, you know, he, he, he was forced to leave here. He didn't want to leave here. You rarely get that chance to come back and put things right, and he did. And I think what his message to the, another message to the young guys is, hey, appreciate what you got while you have it. Well, you know, I, first of all, let me, let me just say that in, in, I'll speak for Andy here that he also had a block and an assist. Well, he was on the floor, so and a point, and a point, right? But um, I, I, I don't think that he, I don't want to say like like he was wrong. He was just a victim of what like like what Jeff said. He mm-hmm. was he was a victim of the nature of the beast, the way the business works, right? You have mm-hmm. to try to get better, and that was the move the Cavs have to make. What I'm so happy about is that both sides 
were willing and, and, and looking forward to make this thing end right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I take away from it. Mm -hmm. We all know how much he loves Cleveland. We all know. He even said it that uh, he had to get used to not only the English language, but the, the weather <laughs> when he moved here from, I mean, he came from Rio de Janeiro, one of the, one of the biggest paradise in the world. And then by way of Barcelona, another, another beautiful city, come to a beautiful city that is a company with a, with a weather for half the year that <laughs> is, is really not what we're used to. Yeah. And he learned to love it and he made a home here after his career. I think that's the most important thing. The fact that he wants to be part Guys, of it. If, if I could throw this in, I met Anderson after he was drafted by Orlando and traded to the Cavs, but before he ever came to Cleveland at the NBA Rookie Symposium, mm -hmm. where I was doing some media training with Lisa Levine, who does a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I went up and worked, and Anderson was in my group of guys to do media training with. And, you know, he, he, he was kind of shy a little bit, you know, and, and, you know, young guy, he had no idea. And it was kind of cool to, to meet him way back then And then to know him, you know, these days, and it's, he, he came a real long way. And remember how often he was injured, guys. You know, yeah. I, Campy and I were talking about that when, last night, when he came and played in his first game, he probably missed, and I didn't do the math, I'll bet he missed half of the games that he was a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers with because of injury. And yet, despite that, was so beloved by the fans, and when he was on the floor, was so impactful. Yeah. So it, it's great to have him back. I remember his first year, the Cavs training camp, they, they did training camp down at Capital University down near Columbus. And again, nobody had heard of Andy Verjao, you know, and I remember telling people at home because, you know, I'm down there watching practices. And they said, man, there's this dude with this, with these, this curly hair. He's on the court and he's going nuts. And Paul Silas is having to kind of scale him back Slow because he, right, he's out there going nuts and following everybody. And, you know, LeBron's looking at him cross-eyed. You know, I'm like... When you got, and I remember telling people, when you see this guy, you're going to love him, you know. But at the time, again, nobody knew anything about Andy. And uh, again, Z took him under his wing in those early days and brought him along, and then he turned into what he what he became, a beloved Clevelander. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Jeff, the new Bally Sports Ohio, the crew, yes. you and John are both uh, members of that. What is the, what's that studio? Yeah, I am too. I'm on SAP. I'm not on screen, but I'm <clears> okay. Then you're part of it too. But you're here. <laughs> You are kind of grounded right here. Yeah. What's that crew like? What's that? I, you, again, there's AC. There's now we. There's Rafa, Angel. Uh, the the crew's changed a lot over the years, and it hasn't. Uh, how do you love working with those guys? Uh, John, let me uh, speak out of school here and tell Joe and Rafa a story. Okay. Okay. We we do conference calls every morning <laughs> before the game. How exciting! And and it's you know like for a. For a seven o'clock game, we have a nine thirty conference call. Mm -hmm. There's about twenty minutes of BSing that goes on on these calls before we ever get to what it is we actually have to talk about. And though they sometimes can get a little big, I, I think it helps create a camaraderie, and we have a lot of fun. That you know, th those calls are are fun. We enjoy them. And it, I think it helps build a, a pretty good crew. I know we all have a lot of fun working together. And depending upon how the team's going, it could be therapeutic <laughs> Yeah, for a number of our folks. Yes. <laughs> which is what makes it fun, which is precisely what Jeff's talking about and makes it fun. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and, I, and, and the thing I love about it, it's organic. You guys get along. You love each other. Uh, Jeff, you and Campy, obviously, are a great one-two punch. John and AC is another... 
great one-two punch. So, uh, yeah, it's an organic thing, and, and everybody loves Angel. So there's that. Yeah, we have, a, we have a lot of fun. I've worked with Campy. Campy and I are trying to figure out how long it's been now. It's something like 14 or 15 years. And before that, AC and I were partners on those shows. Mm-hmm. And Austin and I actually started working together. Joe, you might remember this. On something that was an in-arena pregame show on the Jumbotron called yeah. Chalk Talk. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So before every game, AC and I in the arena talking about what was coming up for, I don't know, Joe, what, about 10 minutes or so? Yeah, Something yeah. like that, 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. John used to do that. that too. John used to do that with Jones when he was on the on the radio side, but they used to air it before they opened the doors. Yeah. So he was like, I was the only audience of the of the, of the <laughs> talk. <laughs> as long as you applauded for him, Rob. <laughs> we had the most well-informed ushers in the league before, <laughs> before the game began. <laughs> Hey, Jeffrey, how many years of sideline did you do total? Uh, you know, John, it was uh, – I have a hard time remembering because yes. it was broken up. Okay. There was – I was hosting the show and doing sidelines on home games for a, right. a number of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we didn't have a sideline reporter on road games. Oh. And then they changed it and – so I was doing that on home games and then just doing sidelines on the road. Right. And so I, I'll bet a combination of like eight years total of everything. Okay. I, have it, a, uh, it I, have a question, I have a question for you. And I, I don't know how many, how many people know it. And I don't know if these guys know about it. But you grew up on the same street with John Amico, the, the writer. Yeah. Sam Amico? Yeah. Sam yeah. Amico. I'm sorry. Sam. I yeah. his name. Sam, Joe, same thing, right? Uh, is that Sammy true? You grew, you, you, were, you grew up in the same street with him? Mm-hmm. And Sam's a guy who has covered the Cavs for years and worked with us at, at Fox Sports Ohio at the time. Uh, we became good friends. I, I met Sam when he was about eight or nine. Oh, wow. And we became good buddies when I was a college freshman and he was in sixth grade. <laughs> and Like I was always the all day quarterback and for the little kids playing football and we became really good buddies. And when I lived in Texas, he came down and visited me a couple of times, spent a couple of weeks with me and we've been buddies ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that guy. We, every, when we end every show, Rafa usually slams me on this. But I call DMAC the hardest working man in show business because I think he is. You know DMAC. Tell me that guy doesn't kill it. Uh, DMAC is the hardest working guy. You want me to feel really old, fellas? Do it. Mm-hmm. I met DMAC when he was about five. <laughs> <laughs> when why were did, you 10? Why didn't you, you lose must him? Have been 10 at the time, right? John, thank you very much. <laughs> DMAC's uncles and I are friends. DMAC's uncle Dave is one of my best friends, Dave Bacon. Dave gets married. I'm in his wedding. D-Mac is the little, you know what, ring bearer. Ring bearer. <laughs> so you should have locked him in the basement right there in that reception. Uh, he was, Rafa, he was so out of control as a five-year-old, it was ridiculous. He's and out of control had, now. He still is. Rehearse, exactly. We had the rehearsal dinner at the old Brown Derby in Hudson. And this little, you know what's running around the room like crazy, and I'm looking at Bacon, thinking, "Really? This yeah. is your this is your ring bearer." And I, <laughs> we were all afraid he was going to screw up the wedding. He didn't, but I could see I, about five. I could see D Mac at the wedding just smashing his face with wedding cake. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> or just throwing it around or something. Mm-hmm. I can't do it, actually. In so fact, my, I think you did. <laughs> so my point about being the hardest working guy, again, you work every day. You do your radio show. You do the calves at yeah. night. Uh, are you the hardest working man in show business? And, and what's it like working with Andy Baskin? People say you are you two are the two nicest guys in media. <laughs> who who, yeah, play, that's wrong. who play <laughs> who plays good cop? Who plays uh, we know bad play cop. yeah uh, who plays bad cop? Who plays good cop? Andy and I have known each other a long time. In fact, Andy used to do Cavaliers pregame and postgame mm-hmm. shows. Yep. I did the pregame. He did the postgame when we first blew it up when LeBron came when LeBron was drafted actually, and he did that for a couple of years. Then went to Channel Three. It, it makes for a long day on a Cavs game day. And I can honestly tell you, fellas, it's been a different world doing the radio show from home while also doing calves. Yeah. So instead of being gone from the house for anywhere from 12 to 15 hours a day, it's it's been great. I do the radio show exactly where I'm sitting right now, which is my wife's sewing room, which used to be our office, which used to be our kids nursery, which used to be the classroom when my wife homeschooled our kids for a number of years. So it's an all-purpose room. It's a whole new world. It's good, but uh, you know, you keep you keep working until they tell you to go home. And I'm fortunate that they haven't told me to go home yet. And everybody's talking about you working with the Cats, but you're also very involved with the with the other team by the lake, with the Cleveland Browns. And how yeah, happy do, are, how uh, happy are you with 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 what the future promises here? It's been really nice to see the Browns, Rafa, get their act together, you know, and, and have a team that's competitive. They were fun to watch last year. I know Joe's the biggest Browns fan. I think I, I probably know. <laughs> um, that's been that's been really good to see. You know, when, when they draft to fill depth instead of blatantly obvious holes on the team, it's real nice to see. And that that's been a good situation. And by the way, Joe is not only the biggest Browns fan, but he's also the pretzel-eating spotter <laughs> on my best-ever Browns call. That's right. Nice. I, I, am, I am the Spanish, uh, the spotter for Spanish radio, the Jeff. The Spanish spotter. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Every now and again, I'll help Rafa out with his Spanish, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, let me fill you in. On the, on the Chubb long run, the now famous Chubb long run, Rafa, yeah. famous call in Spanish on the Chubb run, right? And they had a GoPro in there on Rafa, right? While he was making the call and it was sensational. And it had hasta la vista, baby. And the whole thing right? It was great. But if you look carefully right beside Rafa, there's a, another man who is standing there wolfing down a pretzel while Chubb is running. This guy keeps eating right by a spotter's board. And yes, and Joe Gabriel, which drew like awesome call, but who in the world is that? <laughs> yes, like that, that dude can't house that pretzel fast enough. Yeah. Joe, Joe had done his job. You know, here's the spotting board. It's like, yeah. might as well go ahead and eat the, eat the pretzel. He's pointing he's with his Chubb. left hand. It's time at, to eat. He's pointing with his left hand at 24, and then he's like, and then he's pointing at 92 with the other finger. And he's like, he's still chow, he's still chowing down on the pretzel. What happened? Well, the actual truth behind that was at halftime, the Browns, like we do. They have food at halftime. So we went to the media at halftime and I got a pretzel. And that Chubb run happened to be like the third play <laughs> of like the second half. So so I could hurry up and eat my food and then get back to spotting and not have all that, you know, stuff on the on the desk. I figured I'm just going to s- just crush this pretzel. <laughs> so I'm smashing it in my mouth and all of a sudden Chubb breaks loose. <laughs> 
and that's really what happened. I'm, and I'm, there it is. I'm trying to inhale the the pretzel while while Ralph is making and his signature call. Everybody on social media asking like, who's that dude with the pretzel? <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Rafa currently, when we are on the road, obviously this year not on the road. Rafa sits in the uh, in the, the, in the, the honorary yeah. Sir Phelps uh, seat on That's the airplane. Really? Yeah. yeah. He, he sits next to me, so wow. after losses, he gets to hear <laughs> all the griping. He yeah. gets he gets he gets to see my surly face coming down the aisle. I plop down next to him and I start yelling. Uh, <laughs> but awesome. do you miss uh, being on the road at all, Jeff? Why, yes, I okay. sure do. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I sure, I sure miss that. Boy, those, those 2.30 unloading the equipment truck and staggering up to the room, those are, that was fun. And coming back with, like, it so, it so happens that every time we come back at 2.30 in the morning, it's snowing. I yeah. remember the first yeah, season. Honestly, traveling traveling with a team is, is really cool, and it's really, it's, it is fun and it is interesting. People don't quite get that it is a lot of work. No I mean, we, we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, when you have a family, it's tough. You know, and Joe, the years, as you know, Joe, the years that we were traveling together, you know, my kids were young and growing up, and that yeah. was that was tough. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, and I was going to say that 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 must be the most difficult thing because again, it it's glamorous for a year maybe a year and a half, but then you start realizing it's a grind. Uh, but again, if you have a family and Jay Mike can speak to this, it, it, yeah. it's got to be difficult. It's got to be difficult. Yep. Yeah. Mine are starting to get to that age where you're missing an odd soccer game. You know what I mean? Or if I miss a, if I, I'm coming soon, I'm going to miss a performance at school. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm usually good with other things, but man, oh man, those hurt to me. Missing yeah. little, the little ones, sporting events or performances or something like at least, that. At least now there's FaceTime and Zoom and stuff that you can actually yeah. at least witness it a little bit. Before yeah. I, I tell think- you what, though, guys, we're going to – this season, you know, there's been a lot of griping, a lot of Zooms or whatever. But, I mean, we go, if we get back to normal next season and we're going, attending shoot-arounds and attending practices, people are going to get thrown out of whack the other way. Yeah. We're just yeah. saying, oh, man, I miss, I miss <laughs> being able to sit at home and do those yeah. Zooms. Yeah, they're going to go to practice and go to shoot-around. I mean, it's gonna, I think it's going to backlash and recoil the other way coming into next season. Yeah, Zoom shoot-arounds can stay forever. I'm good with that for to the rapture. You can. I'm glad to zoom in to shoot around. You know, I'm good with the travel. John, John's working while he's half sleeping here. I mean, take a look at him. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with the traveling as long as I can get off the plane after they give me the per diem, and then I can come back to <laughs> come back to the field house and do the game. Just take the per diem and get right back off the plane and go home. Ah, uh, per diem. Uh, yeah, there. That's the two. That, that's. I the, used to be rich. That, that those. That's the golden. The golden word. Uh, average felt, money. Average oh. money in my wallet has gone from during the season with per diem about 80 bucks in my wallet to now like three bucks <laughs> <laughs> per diems go I, what do i even use i pull up to get something to take out and i'm like nope not enough cash <laughs> i've had a per 20 dollar your life i I've, I've had a 20 dollar bill in my wallet for like six weeks it hasn't moved <laughs> it with everything going on you don't you don't spend cash anymore yeah you know yeah before we let Phelps go i have to tell a uh I have to tell a pay it forward story. Okay. You guys ready to hear this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- when I got to Cleveland, it was to call the Monsters games, right? So I did that for two seasons on TV and on radio. And it was on Fox Sports Ohio at the time. Fox made the move to bring me down to the Blue Jackets, right, to do 
sideline reporting and the host, neither of which I'd ever done ever. Okay. So to prepare the powers of beast said, Hey, you got to get in touch with the people you think who are the best at doing this. All right. And I didn't know Jeff from anybody, but I said to Dave Dombrowski, this Phelps guy's fantastic. Is there any way, you know, I could do something. So out of the blue called Jeff, and he was kind enough to meet me at a winking lizard. And back to, to give you an uh, idea how long ago it was, we didn't even have like texting. I remember I went to the wrong winking lizard. I was, my Blackberry was out. I was so nervous. <laughs> I was trying to email him and say, I'm so sorry, man. I got there like a half hour late, but this guy sat with me for maybe two, over two hours and talked about everything. Didn't know me from Adam. And you want to talk about when young broadcasters come up to me and ask me for some time or anything. Always, 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 I do it on on one hand because I was raised that way, but on the other hand because of people like Jeff Phelps, because of people like the guy we're talking to right now who did not even know me, spent hours of his time to help me, and those pieces of advice, honest to goodness, were the biggest pieces of advice I then took a couple of weeks, a couple of months later into that job that I had no idea what I was doing, but suddenly had a head start because I talked to this guy. So Jeffrey, I haven't told you that story. I don't think ever. Uh, it's been over a decade and uh, it, it means a lot. It meant a lot. And it's a big reason why I, I do a lot of things that I do today. Well, that's nice of you to say, John. Why the heck didn't you pick up the tab then, man? <laughs> I think I did. Or maybe I tried. Yeah. I knew I almost attempted. I was so rattled from the BlackBerry situation <laughs> that maybe I did it. <laughs> Phelpsy, we are in uh, the home stretch here in the in the uh, 2021 season. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of sad to see it go. No, I'm not. Not really. Uh, final six games, three at home. There goes my wife. That was like the Sorry. that was like the BBC clip where the baby comes running in and the mom <laughs> yeah. in to grab the baby. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not like she didn't know. What the heck? She, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so three more at home, three more on the road. I'm sure your wife will be very happy about that as yeah. well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, again, what do you hope to see in the in this last uh, last little home stretch uh, for the Cavs season? You know, I, Campy and I have talked about this a lot, and we got to make sure this sounds the right way. We both wish there were thirty more games this season, but since there aren't thirty more games, we can't wait for this one to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I I honestly think that there's something really good that's not too far away. You know, I, I, I like a lot of this team. I, I've described this team as this way. I've never seen a team that played this well at times also play this poorly at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been a wide span, guys. I mean, there have been games they've looked just – it's been rough. And then there are other games where you think, man, they're, the pieces are really, really pretty close. And I, I kind of think it's more that the pieces are pretty close to being something that we can all really, really get behind and, and really think, all right, this team's got a shot in the Eastern Conference. And so I'm real, despite the fact that I love more games this year, I mean, we all love to work, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fun. And I love doing this. But man, I can't wait till next year because I, I really think this team could be something next year. I just hope we can stay healthy for 30 games. Exactly. Right? So we can actually see. Yeah. Uh, uh, actual growth, but because we've been seeing growth of players when we had all our point guards out, or we had all our centers out, or we had all our power forwards out, and 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 it, we really haven't seen 
everybody playing their position and playing the rotation, the coaching staff having the same. So I, I would say 30 games is a good sample to, to wish for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to get like thirty straight starting lineups, yeah. and then you know, same four guys coming off the bench, it would be nice. When everybody came back, one guy would come back, and the next guy would go out. Yeah, that, yeah. So we never really saw, but I, I don't know, guys. What was it? Five, six games yeah. where maybe the starting five that JB wanted with the top three guys, four guys coming off the bench, were actually all there together. So we we don't have a real feel for it, and. Man, I can't wait till next year when we get a chance to get that feel. Yeah, I mean, when you say the the word pieces, that kind of, and you've heard that word a lot in this this season. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like you're looking at a jigsaw puzzle, and you, the picture looks good if if you can get it together, and the pieces look good individually. The key now is to fit them together and make this work. Yeah, I, I like. There's so many individual pieces I like on this team, but to your point, Jeff. They haven't put it together for 48 minutes. They they haven't done that enough this year. And I, I'm curious to see where they go next year. But I, I do like a lot of the pieces. And when they have, guys, and they've looked really good. Mm-hmm. You know, they really have. So I fingers crossed that, as Rafa said, we can have some much better health. And, you know, we'll see what tinkering is done in the offseason. And then and let's go play ball in October. I can't wait. Two yeah. straight against Dallas, one over there, one here, and then Indiana-Boston to finish the homestands uh, here at Rocket Mortgage Field, and then Washington and Brooklyn. I'm hoping Indiana, uh, Indiana, I hope there's uh, some uh, fire- Goga? I, I want to see Goga. I want to see some fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Will Greg Foster be there with him? Jumpsy, yeah. <laughs> can you remember an on-court situation? For the, our, our listeners who aren't as familiar, just yesterday, last night, Indiana was in Sacramento. They're getting you know, blown out in the third quarter for a team that just two days ago had reports of dissension uh, between the coaches and the players. And Goga Bataze shouted something over in the direction of his assistant coach, Greg Foster. And Greg, basically, while the game was still going on, started <laughs> going with his own player. A timeout was called only seconds after it, and it escalated into something that did not look good at all for the Pacer organization. Can you remember an assistant coach player almost out on the floor, not in the huddle, Jeff, but on the floor taking place like that in all the years you've covered the NBA? I can't, John. You know, those those things don't really happen very much. Right. You know, assistant coaches do plenty of talking, but not right there with everything going <laughs> on. Well, I'll tell you, that's, we were rough. we were talking earlier about the 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 hockey fight. Uh, who was it? The Rangers, Rangers and, and Capitals. Rangers and Capitals, Capitals and then yeah. uh, this situation with the Pacers. I, I do sometimes wonder if the games have been jammed together. There's no fans. It's been a weird year. I wonder if it if some of this stuff is starting to to build up to a head. You know, especially if you're the Pacers. Yeah. I mean, that's a very frustrating season for them. Yeah, they, but the thing with the Pacers is that amongst themselves. And I'm saying, even with themselves, I'm saying that uh, for a lot of these situations, it's been a long year and a trying year. And I just, like I said, I wonder if a lot of this is just things just bubbling to a boil uh, just because things have been so weird. We'll find out next week. Yeah, we'll find out next week. The crazy thing about the situation itself is that if if what Matazzi appeared to say is what he really said, (laughs) I almost don't blame Greg Foster. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't blame the assistant coach for wanting to go and attack his own player <laughs> on the floor for the blatant disrespect for what was said from player 
to coach in front of teammates, other coaches, opponents, on TV, plain sight of television <laughs> cameras and everything else. Phelpsy, I don't know if you remember the LeBron's first year. Uh, if uh, you remember Paul Silas having to be <laughs> torn from Ira Nubel. Oh, I I remember the words. I remember the exact <laughs> words myself, and we can. Uh, Discuss them off the air. <laughs> Paul, Paul was not a guy that you would want to anger. No, no, you don't want to get on Papa Bear's bad side. No, and no, and no. Ira Nubel was not a small man, but uh, no. And Ira's a great guy, and Paul's a great guy. It's right. just one of those moments. But I no. remember that night. That was, and it, it was Atlanta. I remember exactly where yeah. it was. Uh, Phelpsy, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're super busy. I know, that, I know that. I know that you uh, you're the the second hardest working man in show business, and it ain't easy. So, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us. We we really appreciate it, and love having you on. Thank you, fellas. Anytime, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. That was the incomparable <laughs> Jeff Phelps. God, I love that guy. Sorry, Jeff. He is. He might be. No, he's not. He. There's no might about it. He is the nicest man. In show business, he, he is. The, he has done everything, you know, because he does high school football. Everything. everything. He's he, done the Browns. He's done Indian pregame. Yeah, done all kinds of stuff. The best, the best. So first, before anything, got to thank Jeff uh, for coming out with us. I'm going to put Lucy Barris at the top of the list just yeah. for you, Rafa, because Always. well, because she's so awesome. I just love her. Uh, the Golden Boy, Matt Gold. We have to thank him. He just became full time today. So congratulations, oh, yeah, yes, right. congratulations to the Golden that Boy. Awesome. Love that kid, Joe Fritchin. Who just recently got uh, a promotion? Big time promotion. A big he owes time promotion. The beers, man. He got to get beer and dinner. Yeah, deservedly he, so. Yeah, yeah deserve the best pro- engineer in the business. Yeah, so if he's listening, uh, Joe, go get some beers for us right now. Did uh, D Mac get a promotion? Casey Coolis. Uh, we'll get to D Mac in a second, yeah. buddy. Uh, Peter Berman, Robert J Hageman, of course. Joe Moner, the Emmy-nominated. D-Mac, the hardest working man. I think he's won a couple already. He probably has. He probably has a few in his pocket. That guy's awesome. He kills it. And, uh, of course, we have to thank the dynamic duo of Dirty Kurt and Big Daddy. Big Daddy was so happy that he played Latin music on on Noche Latina on the the (laughs) air for the the cab broadcast. Who's better than Big Daddy? (laughs) Marty Allen. Let's go, Big Daddy. We'll see you guys next week on episode 15 of Wine and Gold Radio. As always... Good night, Freddie Mac. Why not go radio? Wherever you are. Yeah! You gotta be kidding me! Life is about do-overs! Don't look at it! It should count! One twenty apiece! You have to be kidding me! You're listening to Wine and Go Radio. Let me get that taste. Ooh, let me get that taste.